Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. you don't ever feel ready to be pregnant. I've had two kids and I wouldn't feel ready to be pregnant. You know, even getting pregnant with Olivia, it was like, there's just so much involved in it. And granted, I'm not speaking from an infertility journey. So I don't want to say that I know, you know what I mean? Like that I know exactly what that's like, but just, I think that's a normal, common feeling to feel like, oh my gosh, am I actually ready for this? Because you know, the one time I was confident, this is, this is the totally confident to be pregnant with Alexis. And the Lord had a lot of undoing to do in me. It was like, yeah, I was confident in my body. Um, I was confident in my ability to, you know, stay pregnant, all of that stuff. Um, but I was not confident to be a girl mom. So then when I found out I was pregnant with a girl, that's when all the stuff came up. So it's what I'm saying with that is that it's kind of like, I feel like, you know, pregnancy, childbirth, miscarriage, infertility, like all of that stuff is going to bring up something. And so, you know, just paying attention to, huh, what is that? You know, and God isn't about perfection. And so it's not about you being perfect in order to be in a place where that could happen. It's more like how I look at it now and what I would have told myself 10 years ago would have been like, just be open to the process because instead of resisting it or rushing it, because I was like, oh, I got to be perfect. I got to figure this stuff out so that I can be a good mom. Instead of realizing what makes you a good mom is showing up every day and doing your best and learning Mm -hmm. and trying harder tomorrow. And Uh do you know what I mean? And being present in the fear. And what I mean by that is even now, like I have fears as a mom, you know, that, and I had fears getting pregnant again after Alexis. And I had fears after my miscarriages and I had fear, you know, and I would, I don't know, I would have different fears now because there's different circumstances. So it's okay to just be aware that there's something there and ask the Holy spirit to shine a flashlight on it. And not feel like you have to do this like crazy intense digging. I know not for myself, but I've had several friends walk through infertility, different, totally different journeys. Some did IVF, some did, you know, nothing and went the route of adoption. Others ended up getting pregnant miraculously. So lots of different like routes that they took, but all of them shared a similar experience. And I will say this is, this was true for me as well. Like after my miscarriages was it's painful to hope. Like it's, it's painful to stay in that place of saying, I'm holding this with an open hand and I'm going to trust you God with whatever this journey looks like, because I have no control over the outcome. 
the things I do have control over, I am going to do my best and I'm going to steward my body and Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, take the information that I have and, and do my best with it. But the reality is that there's a lot of these other factors that I have no control over, Mm -hmm. you know, like I had a hemorrhage in one of my pregnancies and zero control over that. There's nothing I could have done. There was no clotting disorder. There was no underlying health factors. There was no magic multivitamin that I could have taken. Nothing could have prepared me for that, you know? And so I think, um, that was the hardest thing for me to reconcile after that loss was I did everything right. And I still didn't get the outcome that I was looking for. So can I like, and this, this was kind of the question I really just had to check in with myself on was, can I give myself permission to hope and be disappointed? Yeah. Like, can I give myself permission to just allow this process to be messy Mm -hmm. and allow it to be imperfect and allow for all of the feelings that are going to come up if I get pregnant again, which I did you know what I mean? And like, I know that, you know, and there was a lot of peace that the Lord gave me that I wasn't expecting to have, you know, that there was a supernatural grace for that. But at the same time, I think there is something to be said for, can I give myself that permission to just be very present in the process in whatever I'm feeling and knowing that whatever I'm feeling, God wants to be equally present with me. There's, I think, in all of us, we have this, if I could just then, like if I could just blank, then, you know, it's like this magic formula to life, right. That I'm still looking for. So if you find it, let me know, but I haven't found it yet. So (laughs) what I mean by that is we all have that, like, and it's kind of part of how we're wired, but also it's, it's just part of walking, you know, walking with the Lord and walking in faith. But I think it's innate in all of us to want control of something. Our brain wants a finite, I am healthy enough to, yeah. right? But the reality is it's so much more complex than that. And, and I think it's like peeling back that layer of logic and really allowing your heart into the process. And so I think looking at the fears and the lies. And then just, you know, if the, if the the lie is that you have to be in a place where you're a thousand percent confident in this process, working out before you're willing to go there, Mm -hmm. then that might be the lie that you're believing for me, like just some of the stuff we're working through with our oldest, I'm really confronting a lot of fears about, I haven't really even identified them, but more just like uncertainties or fears that are kind of just in my face. And I'm just having to be an observer of them. It's like, okay, God's with me. I don't have an answer to this. It doesn't make sense. Like, on multiple levels, (laughs) but I'm just going to stay in that position of trust and recognize that my feelings are okay. Like the feelings of uncertainty and frustration, they're okay because that's my brain trying to sort it all out. And I, I don't have an answer yet, but I know that God does and he's okay with me not feeling okay right now. And it's okay to be messy, giving yourself permission to look at that fear instead of like something I need to get rid of, which nobody, I'm not saying like invite the spirit of fear. I'm not saying any of that stuff. So like, don't misconstrue what I'm saying, but I wanted to share with you one of my top 
products that I love to use to not only nourish my organs but restore minerals and just provide a really rich supply of vitamins um, to help my body be strong and healthy and that is the Paleo Valley Organ Complex. So these are organic, uh, obviously animal-based products that actually help to nourish the body and are a great way to replenish minerals, um, help with hair growth, nails, skin, um, but really just keeping your organs really nice and healthy. So if you want to get 15% off the Paleo Valley Organic Complex, just click the link in the show notes and that will take you directly to the checkout where you get that percentage off. What I am saying is be an observer of it. Like, what is this fear trying to tell me? Where, where is this fear coming from? You know, and why, you know, is that a true hindrance or is it just a perspective that I have? Because maybe it's just a perspective that I have, but really I'm going to be okay. And I'm just not okay, not being okay and letting things be messy. And I just need to be okay with things being messy because I'm human and I'm working out this process that's imperfect, not where I want it to be or whatever. And that's, that's okay. And, you know, I think sometimes, um, and this is something I've really, really, really been chewing on lately and I've really been resisting the Lord on it, (laughs) just being totally honest with you is how easy it is to talk about our story at the end of it. Like it's so easy You know, we hear like, you know, the people that are invited on stage to speak at church are the ones who, you know, because there's nothing wrong with that. Like we want to stir up hope and we want to stir up faith and we want to partner with heaven and all of those things. But so often we miss the opportunity of where God is it right in the middle. And so I'm just going to share this and this may not resonate with everybody that's in here, but I've been really chewing on this, you know, very short passage of scripture, but it's. It's where Lazarus dies and before he's resurrected, hit Lazarus's sister confront Jesus. And they say, where were you? If you hadn't, you know, if you hadn't been gone for three days, he wouldn't be dead. And I'm like, can somebody please write a book on that? Like just that one (laughs) scripture, because Jesus was not offended by the question. And one of them was coming from up here in her head. And the other was coming from this pain in her heart. And it was like, Jesus was like, it says that he actually wept and felt the grief. Like, how is it that they phrased it? That um, he was overcome with the sorrow that accompanies grief. So it's like he was there with them in that moment. And he had no objective other than to just be there. Right. And it, you know, I don't personally I know that people would disagree with this maybe like theologically, but who I know God to be is he didn't raise Lazarus from the dead to say, look, I proved you right. I was right all this time and bummer for you for not having faith in me. (laughs) Like he's not saying that there was a whole other like script going on in the background that I feel like there's a permission to step into and it's messy and people don't like reading about it because we want to feel, we don't like feeling some of those negative human emotions. And we want to be on the other side of the testimony and we want to be able to say, well, I'm walking through infertility and I'm great, (laughs) but I'm not, you know what I mean? Or yeah, we're walking through chronic illness and sometimes we're great. And sometimes we're really not. 
Mm. And God's love for me does not change based on how I'm feeling, you know? So your love for yourself therefore cannot change based on how you're feeling. Mm. And so I just, I think that there's a permission there to just kind of observe the fear. And I know we talk about this a lot, but go watch inside out (laughs) and just (laughs) see what like comes up for you when you're watching that, because, you know, fear is a little bit crazy in that movie. But he's also very prepared and he's also, he's trying to prevent disasters from happening. Right. So I think, I think it's okay to observe that and, and then invite God into that process Mm -hmm. and say, what do you say about this? Right. Because a good father isn't going to say, you know, if, if my kid is afraid of spiders, he's not going to say, go kill it yourself. He's going to say, here, you stand back. Mm -hmm. Let me step in and squish this thing. And then she sees oh, he's not afraid. So I don't have to be afraid either. And I can go grab that shoe. Mm -hmm. I think there's a dynamic there that the Lord is addressing, but he's not, he's not saying like, figure it out. He's saying, let's, you know, let's talk about this and let's get it out in the open and, and allow it to be what it is and not feel like you have to have it all together and all figured out. And, and I think, I wonder if part of the fear is, I think for me, when I was walking through like the miscarriage stuff and then, you know, not having any answers really like to why that happened, which was really frustrating and hard. And then getting pregnant, I think the fear was, can I handle all of the emotions that are going, that I'm going to have to walk through in this process? Cause there's no getting around the uncertainty that I don't want to feel. Does that make sense at all? Or am I, I don't, I don't want to just be talking to myself and like putting no. words in your mouth. So yeah, it's that- all really good and right on target. I think I'm just prone to like avoiding any type of negative emotion and I'll just sure. distract myself and that's mm-hmm. like my pattern. So like really taking a look at why, like I was anxious and fearful and totally, but for me, like it's hard to like express those emotions to other people. Cause they just want you to feel better. And mm-hmm. they don't like always want to like sit with you and like, this is why this is coming up. So I feel like I'm protecting other people in that process too, because I don't want to like put those emotions on them. And this is just a thought. So I'm curious what you would say to this, but for me, like I have kind of a similar tendency where I'm like, Oh, I don't want to burden other people. But really, I've actually started looking at that dynamic in my life. And really, it's because I'm afraid of their response to my pain. Mm -hmm. So it's not actually that I'm afraid that they can't handle it. It's I'm afraid that of their response to my pain, Mm -hmm. that they won't be able to handle it, that they won't be able to acknowledge it and that they won't be able to find like, I don't want to hear about the silver lining right now. Like, I know, I know that like the hope part of my brain is still active, you know, but right now what I need is a friend or what I need is to be listened to. And so I wonder if part of that is still some Mm -hmm. self-protection because, you know, and so I've had to learn in this process, like that it's okay for me to say, and this, this is something that my husband and I have been working on is, are you at a place right now where you can just hear me? Like, just listen. I don't want advice. I don't want the positive spin. I just need to know like that. It's okay to be here as I am right now. Mm -hmm. So like I ask, 
you know, and if he's not in the space, that's fine. At least I know, you know, that I know what I'm going to get out of the interaction and there's healthy boundaries there because there are times where I'm not able to be present for him either, you know? Um, and even with friends teaching them, which I had a friend really challenge me on this. She's like, would you teach me how to be a friend to you right now? And I was like, nope. I'm not going to be vulnerable like that. Um, but I, but I'm, I was joking. I mean, not really. Cause I did resist arrest for a while, but, um, yeah. I resisted arrest. But if you think about it, like, like, is it truly that you're trying to protect their emotions or is it that you're, you don't feel that level of safety there? Because if it's not feeling the level of safety, either one, they're not the person to process with, or two, there needs to be communication like, Hey, there's some stuff going on in my heart that I really just need to give permission to have a voice and, and, you know, just emotionally process this stuff out, um, without X, Y, and Z. Is that something that you can help me to kind of develop some safety there, Mm -hmm. um, or develop some intimacy or vulnerability or however you want to word that. Um, and there might be one or two people that come to mind right off the bat. And there might be other people that I'm like, I don't have the energy to put that effort in right now. Yeah, And that's okay. <laughs> that is a thousand percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. Cause there is a reality to like your rubber band can only stretch so far. Right. But then it gives you a permission that like, Oh, that's because maybe my boundaries aren't as clear as I need them to be, you know, or I have not spoken up for myself in the way that I need to, because the reality is like, when you step into a process of, you know, if, when you get pregnant and you're walking through all of that stuff, you want to know that like the people that are around you are the people that you can go to when you have an OB appointment and you're feeling anxious before you see that heartbeat or, Um, I don't care. I had like 25 ultrasounds with Olivia and every single time I was anxious every single time. And I had to have people around me that it was like, Hey, it's okay. Let's talk through it, you know, or, um, make sure that my counseling appointment was like right afterwards so that I could process, you know, how that experience was, even though it was good. No, that's good. And I think like really taking a look at that and like setting Mm -hmm. up those boundaries ahead of time is part Mm -hmm. of, you know, prenatal care really It is for someone like me. Like I never saw that perspective before. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you have like an infertility journey, like it's Mm -hmm. so vital because you really do need that support system. Right. Walking through that. 